sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour two of Fantasy Sports today with you here on the show. Rockets and Thunder headed toward a Game 7. Will there be more fighting words for the Tampa Bay Rays as their manager last night says, I got a lot of guys that throw 98 miles an hour. What does it all mean? We had two players hit three home runs apiece, more offense in store potentially, and of course we're closing in on the 2020 fantasy football season. I'm Craig Mish along with my co-host Joe Pizapia. We cover you here every day, Monday through Friday, from noon to 2 on the East Coast or wherever else you are watching. Thanks so much for tuning in. And Joe, a big game seven tonight, of course, in the NBA. An exciting finish to last night's game as well. But certainly tonight, James Harden and Russell Westbrook have their work cut out for them. Oklahoma City has been a real nice surprise this season. Maybe they shouldn't be a surprise. they got a nice young team and a great head coach. Yeah, absolutely. Game seven, that's what you live for. Got one last night, getting one tonight, too. I mean, this is good for the NBA. It's good for basketball. And it's good for these players, too. I mean, I... The only thing that's missing is that environment of the crowd. And um, although these moments have kind of risen to that occasion, and I I mean, even when you watch the highlights of last night, right, you feel the impact of going back and forth and what was going on at the end of that game. But not having the crowd at those moments in an NBA game in a basketball situation, it, it is a little different. It is a little weird. It's something that as you watch replays of it later on the day, you go, yeah, that's kind of missing there. But still, still great entertainment nonetheless. Yeah, and, and I think the same thing will be with uh, with football. Uh, I'm one of the few people, I guess, in the country that's been able to go to live professional sports, and I can tell you there definitely is that missing element to it. And especially I saw it last night when I was at the Miami game uh, as they took on the Toronto Blue Jays. You had one of the biggest home runs that was hit in that park in the last two years, and it was the loudest that I had heard it, which was almost a zero. It was all from the Miami Marlins dugout. And of course they're piping in sound. And I think they'll do that at pro football stadiums as mm -hmm. well, but it's definitely stranger to uh, be there than it is to watch on TV. It's a lot eerier to be in empty ballparks. That's for sure. All right, let's take a look at our headlines today here on the show. We got rockets thunder game seven tonight. We'll be tuned into that for sure. Raiders Tyrell Williams isn't going to play this season, and Williams was a nice surprise for them, but uh, certainly they're going to be having to look at another direction of wide receiver this year. Maybe Ruggs will have to play more than we thought initially. The Avs are looking to force a Game 7 against the Stars tonight in the NHL. Spencer Rattler named the starting quarterback uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners as the Big 12 gets started in a couple of weeks. And Donovan Mitchell, no surprise, will sign a max extension with the Utah Jazz Utah basically has to put that blank check in front of him because uh, he's, he is one of the best players now in the NBA in terms of scoring. And so, Joe, it's, it's really getting interesting. And I think that for a lot of teams in the NFL, as we get closer to the season, I think that we're headed toward a weekend of very much uh, uncertain times. I think that you're going to start to see some crazy roster moves. We're hearing news around the league about potential trades. Mm -hmm. We had uh, a significant running back just outright released and not even picked up to this point. So it's it's definitely been wild. I don't know that it'll top the Andrew Luck retirement, but I think that there's a chance that we could see some serious activity coming up this weekend. Yeah, I don't think it's going to top that. I don't know if anything could top that. That was such a dramatic bombshell last year. And, uh, I mean, everybody, just the entire the football world, the fantasy community, the sports world at large was just shocked last year by the Andrew Luck retirement, especially because they had done so well 
And he had worked so hard to come back from another injury and to then think he would be gone just a year later. It was just, it was shocking, man. There's no other way around that. But I think the four net thing has hit a little bit of a, a skid right now because uh, with this Kamara issue as well, there might be some other teams in the running back market, maybe kicking the tires on a Kamara trade and saying, okay, well, hold on, Leonard, maybe, maybe Kamara is the guy we want. What does it cost to maybe get him? Do the Saints actually want to trade him? So there's a lot of moving pieces here. There's a lot of chess going on right now with some of these NFL teams. Uh, I would imagine by the time we get to some of the weekend drafts that we're going to have at least some clarity on one of those two guys. My guess would be Fournette before even Kamara. That would just be my guess. We'll see if that comes out here. Uh, but look, we're in a spot right now where you're right. This is when more roster moves are going to be made. And we've seen in the NFL the last few years, even at the trade deadline itself, NFL trade deadline used to be the biggest bust that there was. We have not seen that be the case. We saw Kenyon Drake get traded last year, Ajayi the, uh, the year before. We've seen some like actual players that impact your fantasy league get dealt as we welcome in uh, our radio audience here to Sports Grid right here on Fantasy Sports Today. We have seen a lot of movement in the NFL via trade, which is something historically in the past, Craig, that has not been the case in the MLB. That's been something for Major League Baseball and the NBA. But I think it's fun in a way as fantasy owners, too, to – uh, be able to monitor the trade wins because that's relatively new to us in the last three or four years. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I can say that this is the first year ever that while I'm looking forward to the fantasy football season, I'm actually dreading the draft on Sunday and Monday because I'm I'm very worried that teams don't have to make their full decisions until late Sunday. And what could the ramifications be for players who were cut Sunday and Monday and and adding players and teams, I would love to have my, I, honestly, I would love if there was no NFL next Thursday night and all the games were played on Sunday, there'd be so much clarity there. Mm. But I suppose if I had to make a choice, I would draft Wednesday night. If I could, I may even draft Wednesday at 5 PM Eastern if, if I could, if but Craig I got no could draft, choice. I got to draft Thursday Sunday and Monday. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I would be, I, this is the first year I would be willing to take that leap. I really would. I just think that there's, there's so much uncertainty and, for Kamara in particular, I think it's over. I think he's fine. I th- at least from what it seems, that they'll uh, that they'll get him extended in some way. Uh, Fournette, I could not disagree with you more. I think that there is uh, a lot of concern, and and we're we're almost a week away from the first week of the season. This guy's not on a team. Like I, I mean, I, at the, at this stage, you can sign him for nothing, and no one has taken that leap. So I don't think that there are multiple teams in on him at all. No one was willing to give a seventh-round pick for this guy. You can have him for free. No one even wants the guy for free. So I have big concerns with him. And and he's not off my board, but he's at the bottom of the board. Okay. We got uh, more fantasy football discussion that I'll go. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today, Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. It is fantasy football draft season, and here on Fantasy Sports Today, we are doing a little series for you here, which is every day leading right up until Thursday night's NFL opener, taking you through what your draft should look like depending on where you are picking in the draft. If you missed the Tuesday edition of Fantasy Sports Today, we went over the very first pick in the draft, meaning that if you're in a 12-team league, and you pick numbers out of a hat, however your league ends up doing it. If you had the first pick in the draft, just go back on demand over to our YouTube channel, Sports Grid, and you can see all the players 
who you potentially could end up with. Of course, there is variance. You cannot predict who is going to take players ahead of you or even behind you, but this will give you an idea of some of the players to look at. Now, Joe, as we take a look at the second overall pick in the draft, the dynamic changes quite a bit because, again, you're not going to have access very clearly to Christian McCaffrey, who's pretty much the first overall pick in any fantasy football draft. But I guess the question that I would have for you as we move forward is what was the variance from having the first pick to the second pick? And did you find that still a lot of the players that you liked available at that spot? Well, the variance, Craig, is going from a grade of 97 out of 100 to 85 out of 100, which is a B. And that's good. B is good. That is a good draft right there. But in terms of uh, expert consensus ranking, when you kind of grade this draft out over on Fantasy Pros, that's what it looks like. And that's the drop off from Christian McCaffrey to everybody else, including Saquon Barkley, who I think is a generational talent. And I think is going to remind everybody of that this year. And I'm very happy to have the two spot in any draft and get Saquon Barkley to start a team with. And as you can see, it's about what you do after that, that matters the most. Now, uh, this is another spot where I decided to, and I had an opportunity in this one to pass on Lamar Jackson and Mahomes and wait on quarterback. And unlike yesterday, where I took quarterback, I think in the sixth round with Dak Prescott, I wait a little bit further to see what a roster will look like in this scenario where you kind of load up at the running back position. And let's start with here with Saquon Barkley and then go again to James Conner. Now, yesterday I felt much better about Conner as my third running back than I do about my second, but I'm going to back that up. Conner still has a lot of upside in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. There's no doubt. He's got every motivation in the world. He knows he's in a contract year. The guy's in phenomenal shape. We know the kind of output from a fantasy perspective that spot gives us, whether it be D'Angelo Williams, Le'Veon Bell, or James Conner himself two years ago. This could be a fantasy monster. And as a secondary running back, when you have Saquon number one, you could take that kind of risk because I think Saquon is that good. Then going forward, Kenny Galladay. Look, a Joey P guy back again two days in a row. Why? He is clear cut the number one guy in Detroit. Uh, he's got a very capable quarterback in Stafford. I just feel really good about Kenny Galladay. I think he's going to be around 10 touchdowns. He's going to be around 1,200 receiving yards. It's a no-brainer. He's just a very safe wide receiver one. And after the elite guys, the Julios and Devontae Adams are off the board, this is probably what you're going to be looking at is that next year, guys. And I think Kenny Galladay is one of the best out there. Now, to kind of mitigate the risk of James Conner, and we all know the injury risk is real, I'm going to go boring here. With the next two picks. Yes, boring can be good. Predictable is nice. It's Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram to start things here in the fourth round. And the reason being, I know what Mark Ingram is. I know he's got touchdown upside. I know he's got limitations. I know he's got guys behind him chopping at the bit. But they're still rookies. And I heard the same buzz last year with Justice Hill when we had OTAs, when we had all the preseason games and all this other stuff. And yes, at some point, maybe Dobbins will start to get into that a little bit as the season wears on. However, Mark Ingram, good, safe pickup. Now, all of a sudden, I've got two real legitimate number two running backs. One I'll play in the flex, one I'll play at RB2, and I'm in good shape here because those guys are still, by far, the best running backs on their team for fantasy. And then, speaking of boring but consistent, Keenan Allen. Yes, Tyrod Taylor is absolutely a downgrade in terms of quarterback play from Phillip Rivers. But at the same time, we are looking to build a weekly floor and PPR of points. And if I am a little worried about that second pick in James Conner, well, a guy like Keenan Allen's a great guy to do that. Keenan Allen never had a lot of touchdown upside anyway. That's what I've got Kenny Galladay for. Keenan Allen is there to catch a lot of footballs, get me, you know, 12 to 14 PPR points every week. And that is the first five picks of this draft, Craig. So I'll turn it over to you. What are your thoughts here on this core to start off from the two spot? 
Yeah, I think that the running backs are stacked here, and you couldn't ask for anything more. And then having Hunt, uh, who we'll talk about coming up again, who you ended up taking, uh, it's going to be hard to compete with with that. I mean, you certainly have have dominated at that position, and I do like you feel that Ingram is underrated. And, and by the way, Galladay is a wide receiver one. I think is possible uh, this year too. Um, Keenan well, Allen, I would prefer. <laughs> yeah, Keenan Allen, I was pref- I would prefer as my three this year. Uh, he is consistent. He did play 16 games last year, but I cannot think for a second that they're going to throw the ball nearly as much with Taylor as they did with Rivers. And maybe the hope would be is that the Chargers are playing from behind a lot, and then certainly that could still be the case. But. For me, as consistent as he is, it was only because of the quarterback that was there. And I'm not a fan of the quarterback either, but he he was a chucker. I mean, he would just constantly throw the ball up there. Um, so for me, I would like him as my three. But again, I, I think that that's splitting hairs. I mean, you could have probably you know passed on him, gotten him, got somebody the same or different. Um, okay, so let's take a look at then as we move on, after you have your five selections, you go from six to ten, and there Kareem Hunt is there again. Jamison Crowder at wide receiver becomes your flex slash wide receiver three if you're playing in that sort of league. CeeDee Lamb's a little bit of a dart throw, clearly, but if it hits, it's worth the shot. Hayden Hurst is your starting tight end, so we'll talk about him a little bit. You took Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback in the 10th round, and for those of you who are playing fantasy this year, if you have the second pick and you take Aaron Rodgers in the 10th round, you're probably looking at one of the final teams to take a quarterback in your draft. And by the way, it's not a bad thing. You can definitely get away with having a good season and winning that league. And then also uh, Blake Jarwin, who we talked about earlier in the show in about the 14th round. So uh, Joe, you'll have four running backs here at the start in your first, out of your first six picks. You went a little, I would say, probably on the safer route with Crowder, which he is a rock-solid wide receiver three week, week in and week out. And then, look, if, if nice things happen for C.D. Lamb and, and he has a big year, all of a sudden you put him in, you take Allen or you take Crowder out, and then you have your other wide receiver there. Bingo is exactly the logic we're going here with. Uh, because I knew Kenny Galladay is at the top, and he is not quite the same receiver, like I said, as Julio, and or at least not yet. He's not in that Julio grouping. He's not in that uh, Michael Thomas grouping. But he is still a true number one. He finished as a number one last year, well in that middle number one tier. And looking at this, what I'm trying to do is, can I get targets? Can I get receptions? Maybe I don't have as much touchdown upside with guys like Crowder and Keenan Allen. But do I have a weekly floor? Because the touchdowns in this particular roster construct are going to come from the running back position. It's going to come from Saquon Barkley, from Connor, from Mark Ingram, from those kind of guys, and maybe to a certain extent, Kareem Hunt possibly as well. And once I have that kind of volume built into a roster, I feel really good about that wide receiving core with Crowder and Allen in the back end of it, because I know every week they are integral to their offenses, even though those offenses might be limited with ceiling, the floor is super high. That is what allows me to take a shot on CeeDee Lamb because CeeDee Lamb is that kind of boomer bust guy. He could be fantastic. And if he's not, that's okay. I can wait for the first eight weeks of the season. Maybe the second half is better. If it's not good at all, okay, I'll play the waiver wire for another wide receiver. And I've got a few more on this roster. It was a deeper draft than just these 10 rounds, obviously. But I think when you're looking at this too, then the same thing I did was that logic I've been talking about taking the two tight ends. Took Hayden Hurst. If he doesn't work out, I got Blake Jarwin the first couple weeks. And three weeks into the season, if I don't like what I'm seeing out of Hurst, I make a change. And I'm willing to do that. But I'm putting faith in the Atlanta Falcons and how much they throw the football. And uh, hopefully that'll all work out there for him. And yesterday's exercise was waiting and passing on that quarterback of that elite territory in a single quarterback league, taking Prescott a little early in the sixth round, obviously. 
But this one, I waited even longer just to see what the roster would look like. End up with Aaron Rodgers. I think you do a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Brees or one of those veteran quarterbacks that is getting discounted this year. And everybody who follows me knows I have a very checkered past with Aaron Rodgers. I don't say a lot of nice things, but this just proves any player in the right spot can play on my team at the right price. And I think Aaron Rodgers is a very safe quarterback play every week. You know what you're getting. If Lazard can really step up into that void. And by the way, Lazard ended up on this same roster as well. Just like yesterday, all of a sudden, I think that this can be a guy who's a very good QB one. Does he have those elite games in him anymore? Maybe two or three a year, not five or six. And that's just a realization at this stage in his career, and that's okay. And that's what you do with the second pick in the draft, folks, if you have it coming up later this weekend or next week. Tomorrow on the show, we'll go over the third position in the draft and what you should be doing when your draft approaches this weekend. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, when we come back next, it's time to take a look at the NFC North and look at the Green Bay Packers and see what they would look like in 2020. What will the Vikings look like? Will the Lions be any better? Watch on that next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thanks very much, Chris. And we are back. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia here until 2 o'clock Eastern. Of course, we'll be back on the Thursday edition of the show, previewing more fantasy football discussion and getting you ready for the opener coming up uh, a week from tomorrow. Wow, it's finally here, a week from tomorrow. That's where we're at with the football season. I guess I missed the whole preseason, Joe. How did it go? I, I didn't see any games. <laughs> were there any games? Uh, it went all right. It's funny. Right now on Twitter, I don't know if it's uh, legitimate or not, but you're seeing uh, a picture of Leonard Fournette at Logan Airport. Uh, up in Boston. So keep an eye on that. We'll see if it's real or not, but it's something. <laughs> it's 2020, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one 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 can only hope. That would be a, a decent landing spot for him, I suppose, but um, we'll see. Okay, let's start <laughs> off with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, let's look at, at what they look like this year. Their quarterback is Aaron Rodgers again, probably, probably for the final time. This is probably his last year playing there. They didn't draft love to not play, I would guess. Uh, Aaron Jones had the phenomenal year last year probably one of the biggest i would say adp risers based on his outcome last year was aaron jones uh, jamal williams wow he's back again uh and valdez scantling at running back here joe is that right oh no he's the third wide receiver there i'm not sure okay yeah that's a what I slight error there in in the uh okay my, the my bad no, he, he has not changed positions no he is uh, you were like, I've really been out of it with baseball no, no, season. No, he, is, okay. he is a wide receiver. Uh, okay. That's just an error in the graphic. No big deal. Okay. Uh, wide receiver, we got uh, Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. And then uh, who's this tight end here for the Packers? Tanyan Jr. Yeah, exactly. Who's this tight end is exactly the point. Um, don't worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, okay. It's it's not going to be fantasy relevant. Uh, and, but then again, how, how often is the tight end in the Packers system been fantasy relevant anyway. I mean, Jimmy Graham had a couple one-offs cook once in a while, but look in the last 10 years, has there Jermichael been a real Finley one that I thought was going to be a star? Yeah, but he wasn't either. Right. Jermichael Finley, another guy, no, you know, it's Jermichael Finley is a fascinating case because there is a talent that I think in a different system, we might've been thinking about differently, but the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, just the way the team is built or whatever preferences are, he just didn't go that route using the tight end, but Finley's another one. You could just kind of listen him down there. So the fact that Tanya Jr. right now is the starting tight end tells you exactly 
where things are at. But, you know, forget MVS, too. It doesn't matter where you put him because I don't think this guy is going to be. Uh, look, he had every opportunity last year to solidify himself in that number two role, and he didn't. Uh, Allison didn't either. So nobody was right about that battle. And everybody had a side last year, but nobody won. Uh, the only winner last year, true winner last year on the Packers, was Aaron Jones. Even Devontae Adams, as great as he was, did miss some time again. And Aaron Jones is going right now in drafts, I think, lower than he should. And yes, there's absolutely going to be some kind of regression. Yes, he did score a gazillion touchdowns last year, and you can't always count on that. But the one thing you can count on, and it's two years ago now, where he was kind of fighting in for this role, and eventually they gave it to him at the end of the year, and then last year he was the starter going in, and he proved everybody wrong. He's another guy in the last year of a deal, too. He's another guy where you could potentially see him, you know, going out there again, getting a ton of usage once again. And Jamal Williams is a guy that you'll see get a, catch a couple passes. You'll even see him sometimes down the goal line area. They do like little trick plays and things like that. The Jamal Williams, he scored a half a dozen touchdowns himself last year. But Aaron Jones is something you can really set yourself to. You can get him as a as an RB2 on your team, which right now he's like right on that borderline. Man, that's a really good start to a team. If you're drafting down as, as we get into next week's version of this series that we're doing, if you can get down there at the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 spot and you can come away with, I don't know, Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones, woo-wee, that is a good start of a team. And look, Aaron Rodgers only had four 300-yard games last year, lowest total in quite some time. He needs Lazard or somebody else to step up here. Until that happens, I think it's more of the same. It's high floor. Ceiling is a little limited. He's just not Aaron Rodgers of yesteryear. That's okay. You don't have to pay the same price either, so that's a good thing. Let's move over to the Minnesota Vikings, and their time is now, and they they want to win right now. And they added uh, Ngakwe from Jacksonville, which I thought was a huge late move for them. And a really good one, too. Uh, Kirk Cousins, of course, had the great start to last year. And so it's pretty much borderline wide receiver one sort of wide. I'm sorry, quarterback one, quarterback two. Uh, Dalvin Cook still, to me, the most talented runner in the NFL and the hardest runner in the NFL. The injuries are certainly a concern. Alexander Madison, you just have to have him if you draft Cook. If you draft Cook and you do not get Madison, you failed in your draft. And, and you just, you're just you going to have to move up to take Madison. It's just, a, it's just a fact of this draft and probably the most important one, too. Adam Thielen gets a bump because clearly Stephon Diggs is not there. Everyone is, is going to lean a little on Jefferson and hope that he does well. And, of course, they have Jed Johnson, too. Uh, their tight ends, Kyle Rudolph, is back for yet another year. Irv Smith, I love. I would love to see Irv Smith get like full reps at tight end, but provided Rudolph continues to be a thorn in that, I think that they sort of wasted a draft pick, Joe, on Irv Smith. The only good thing for Minnesota is that with Diggs gone, do they maybe move toward the Goddard Ertz offense a little bit where they start to maybe. throw more to their tight end? Because if they don't, I can't even look at Irv Smith again. And he was so good in college. I, I thought he would be a star in the NFL. I thought it was an interesting pick up until they re-signed Kyle Rudolph last year, to which case I said, well, what, what, how, how are you doing this? And maybe you're right. Maybe this is where the offense is going to go because although the reports have been positive about BC Johnson it, re- recently, we haven't seen him on a field because we have no preseason. We really don't know what to think about. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I thought was a really good fit for this offense, but again, haven't seen him until I see a guy in an offense. It's really tough for me to buy in. And that's what makes this so difficult. And I think it's going to take its toll as well on Adam Thielen because Thielen is not a big bodied wide receiver that can create separation on his own. He's a guy that is more about scheme. And all of a sudden, if he is the main focal point in this passing game, 
I'm a little worried about the ability to double team him, take him out, bump him at the line of scrimmage. There's a lot of stuff you could do to kind of throw Thielen off a little bit because he is not that same kind of physical specimen as some of the other guys. So when Diggs is gone, you don't know who that other person is going to be. It puts Thielen in some question for me. Now, he's still going to get a ton of opportunities and targets. It's about the conversion rate, and there's definitely some concern there potentially. Madison's another guy you got to draft. I agree if you have Cook. And I'll tell you what, he had 100 carries last year, Madison. This is a guy, too, that's going to get some opportunities, and he showed a lot in those 100 carries. Cousins, low-end QB, too, in my opinion. Too inconsistent. He has great runs and terrible ones. Not a big fan. Do you agree or disagree with that statement that I made about Cook? Uh, you absolutely have to have Madison if you have Cook because you actually know Madison is a pretty good running back as opposed to a lot of other handcuffs. We have no idea how talented that player is. 100 carries of Madison last year. We saw a good amount. We felt pretty comfortable about him and his knowledge of the offense. So it's a huge win. And I'll go a step further. Even if you don't have Cook, he's one of the more interesting late round dart, uh, deep team dart throws because there is a guy that if Cook holds out again or Cook has an injury again, all of a sudden Madison goes into a great spot and a great role. So that's one of the few lower end RBs that have far more upside than some other guys where you just throw in darts, hoping that another guy gets hurt. But you don't know how good he is. Yeah. He, he's a must own for me. If you have cook, uh, let's move on to Detroit. And certainly I was very upset to hear that Deandre Swift could potentially miss some time. And he is a rookie because I do like him very much, but uh, look, Matt, this team, it's all on the back ironically of Matthew Stafford here. Stafford's got to be healthy and play for them. And if he does, I think that the, I think the lions will be better. Carry on Johnson is not a slouch at running back. He certainly, there should be a spot for him on your draft board, no doubt. And when Swift plays, he'll be better than Johnson. Eventually it just may not be at the beginning of this year. Uh, Kenny Galladay probably will emerge this year as a top wide receiver in the NFL. He certainly looks like he could. And they're talking about extending him to Marvin Jones. You know exactly who he is. There's going to be two games this year that he's going to have three touchdowns and 180 <laughs> yards. I don't know which games those are going to be. Danny Amendola is back again for another season. You can safely ignore him. And TJ Hawkinson of Detroit, I believe you can safely ignore as well. Uh, don't think that that was a great pick by the Lions there. Uh, but that's my uh, thoughts on Detroit. I, I think they'll be better all across the board, and I, and I think their offense is really good. I would have loved to see a Swift healthy, and I think we're going to have to wait on that. Yeah, Swift is becoming interesting because now with this injury, I think the draft stock, which had actually stayed flat, uh, Cam Akers risen, uh, Clyde Edwards-Lair, Jonathan Taylor, all of those stocks moved, moved, moved the last couple weeks. Swift's had not, and now this injury happened, which means there's a chance it could even go lower, and that makes him really intriguing. If you have the patience to wait, you draft him, you put him on your bench, and you see what weeks eight through you know 13, 14 look like, because Kerryon Johnson hasn't shown you that he can be good for an entire season or even on the field for a whole season. So Swift becomes more intriguing, actually, to me now with this injury because I have to pay less to find out, and the less I have to pay means I have more capable backups that I don't have to worry about DeAndre Swift being good right away. I love Kenny Galladay. You're absolutely right about Jones. He's a guy in DFS you take a couple shots on in tournaments, and uh, hopefully you hit one of those big three games that he has, those massive, massive stats. And Hawkinson, look, you know, great first game from Hawkinson. He got hurt in that game and then got concussed. I hope he turns things around. We'll see what he, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he wasn't healthy. But at the same time, there's just too many other good low end options with Hurst, with Fant, with, with John Smith, with Jarwin that you don't have to take the risk with Hawkinson. So wait and see what happens. Yeah, all I heard last year was that Hawkinson was better than Fan coming out of college, and I swear nobody watched a single game at Iowa if that was the case. Um, <laughs> all right, fan, Chicago, so let's go to the Bears. Um, they got two quarterbacks there, Trubisky, Foles. They haven't named a starter there yet. 
David Montgomery, the news is a little bit better on him. Maybe plays week one. If not, he'll play week two. Uh, Tariq Cohen is there, but he's you know clearly not a starting running back and not a rusher, that's for sure. Uh, wide receiver there is Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, who I'm a big fan of. Of course, uh, uh, Taylor uh, Gabriel and uh, Komet, the kid they drafted uh, in this year's draft. It looks like uh, Bur- uh, Trey Burton's going to be out, so Komet could factor in. Uh, there's just not a lot to like, Joe, about the Bears across the board. And so <laughs> hard to envision anyone outside of Robinson really being a major factor, although I'll go back in on Anthony Miller because I'm a fan of him again. But I, I think we're probably headed toward uh, a tough season for the Bears. Yeah, you're headed towards a lot of turnover in this organization. Uh, Cole Komet, I think, uh, having watched him a bit last year at Notre Dame, I was super impressed with him. I think as a dynasty long-term asset tight end, he could be interesting in two years, uh, depending on what regime takes over here eventually. Uh, I guess the real question is, they have two quarterbacks, but Craig... The question is, do they have one quarterback? Do they have a quarterback? And that is my problem with the Bears. Robinson will be good regardless. That's about it. Everything else you can pretty much take. All right, let's take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. And when we come back next time to have a little fun, we're going to do a little fantasy or reality here on the show. And among our topics, there is a birthday today for one of the, I think, great actors of our time, action actor and uh, comedic actor a little bit as well. Uh, It's his birthday. We'll talk about the best movie for him all time. Tiger King discussion is back. Why? We'll tell you next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. A little fantasy or reality to end your day here on this Wednesday afternoon. And Joe, I know before we finish up the show here, uh, you have been doing diamond bets all season long uh, on the baseball side on the weekends here on Sports Grid. And I know that there's going to be a transition very soon over to a little bit more football discussion. Is it baseball or football this weekend? Where are we headed with diamond bets? Well, this will be the last Diamond Bet show with Matt Stryker and myself, and we're not going to leave you in the lurch, everybody. We're going to have Rudy Gamble on. He's going to talk about 2021 drafts with us already, get a kickstart on all that as we start to look forward in Dynasty Leagues and more. We have Lou Landers on also. We're kind of going to put a button right now on the baseball season because Fantasy Game Day is going to start every Sunday morning live, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. It's going to be myself, Matt Stryker, our buddy Chris here, our producer right here on FST. We are going to be rocking and rolling, doing DFS for you, doing season long, doing interviews. Davis Maddock will join us. Eric Young's going to join us. It's going to be a party. You got to get up early, though, for the party. So get your coffee, you know, sneak into a quiet room, get all your devices that you need to set all your lineups. And Fantasy Game Day is going to help you right here on Sports Grid. So keep an eye out for it. Sunday, starting the weekend of the NFL, 8 to 10 a.m., Fantasy Game Day with Matt Stryker and me, Joey P. All right, looking forward to that and uh, and hopefully helping people make some money this year, both in DFS and in uh, your season long fantasy leagues. It's like I'm it's he- hearing this sort of discussion is 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 getting me excited and also realizing how much work I have ahead of me. <laughs> like it's all, like, it's all sort of hitting me right here on the show. Like yeah, right I'll now, I'm starting to think, oh, that's right. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to, oh my gosh, football. It's like, how do I do that and cover baseball? It's like, wow. Okay, I'll think about that after the show. Fantasy (laughs) or reality, let's get started for today. Let's start with Alvin Kamara, who 
at this stage of where we stand right now, we don't know if he's on the field yet. I, I was very, uh, very close looking this morning, seeing uh, some of the reporting that's going on, trying to you know look at the people that I trust, saying that the idea is that he is back on the field today. They are close to an agreement because he's not asking for uh, McCaffrey money. He's asking for a little bit less than that. So there are some optimists. This is what I'm reading, okay? This is not what I'm reporting. This is what I'm reading and seeing and hearing. So all of that being said, fantasy or reality, you should be drafting, picking Alvin Kamara fourth overall in your fantasy draft. And I think that let's use the little asterisk and say today because I think that this may only apply today. So let's use today, Joe, fantasy or reality. Well, I've got the fifth overall pick in a draft today, <laughs> tonight. And uh, right. I can tell you right now, it's it's a tricky one. It's certainly a tricky one. I'm going to say uh, fantasy. Uh, you shouldn't because you don't have to. In fact, I can even make a better argument of all the reasons you should take his teammate Michael Thomas over Alvin Kamara. Uh, it's a, certainly mm. a safer investment. Uh, he's a guy that scored more points than Kamara did last year. And I understand Kamara missed some time, but Michael Thomas scored more points than almost anybody besides Christian McCaffrey. Anyhow, and um, in terms of regression or whatnot, people want to talk about. So what? He's going to regress from 1,700 yards to 15. Oh, my goodness. The sky is falling. Whatever will we do with Michael Thomas regression? He's still phenomenal. So here's my point. My point is you can, and I said this yesterday, I can say it again today. You can certainly lose a fantasy league in the first round, but it's hard to win it. Just don't get it wrong with your first pick. Derrick Henry, I don't think is wrong. Joe Mixon, now that he's signed, there's zero worry for me that it's wrong. Uh, Dalvin Cook, there's always that lingering injury question, and he's earned that title as good as he is. That's It's fair. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, some risk. Where's the risk with Michael Thomas? Fourth overall. Yeah, you're going to have to Hit running back really hard, and I'll tell you what, in a 10-team league, it's a hell of a lot easier for this discussion. You can take Michael Thomas. There's a lot easier supply and demand in a 10-team league than a 12-team league at running back. You can make that work. You can go around. Maybe you get Aaron Jones to fall to you in the second round. Maybe you get Kenyon Drake to fall to you in the second round. There's a lot of guys out there you can mess around with and even build a running back by committee system. But that first overall pick, fourth overall, don't get it wrong. That's my advice to everybody out there. And it's funny because we're getting closer and closer to that fourth pick here. Maybe tomorrow we'll even get to it. If we do the third, maybe we'll squeeze in the fourth too, because this has become a very hyper relevant question all of a sudden. Yeah, it has. We actually have to think about that before we do this exercise. I didn't realize that because if we don't have any clarity on that, I don't know that we're giving great advice. So uh, I'm going to say fantasy. You should not take Alvin. If you're drafting tonight, you cannot do this. You, you, Joe is 100% right. You, you can't take this kind of risk when there uh, are essentially at the very least two or three players that you would consider equal or the same. And we know in the end, the first round could be completely upside down. It happens every single year. But why would you engage in that kind of risk when you could take Thomas, you could take Cook? Mixon, to me, is a little bit later on. Uh, Edwards Hilaire is really tempting, honestly. But I I don't think I would do that either that early. And Derrick Henry certainly is in that conversation, too. Uh, So, yes, so you can't. That's a fantasy. Now, if he's signed and it's done and you prefer Kamara over some of the others, it's absolute reality. I think that you can take him at that point. But should is the key word, and you should not be doing that tonight. You have to wait. Push your draft back if you don't feel comfortable. You have the fourth pick in the draft. You're doing it at a hotel. You're doing it social distancing in a hotel somewhere. 
pull the fire alarm. It gets all <laughs> rained, all wet all over there. Get out. Got to do it another day. That's what my advice would be. Can't do it today. Wow. But okay. Craig is willing so far. To I'm giving out good advice. That, the best fantasy advice I've ever given is to make sure you set off the fire alarm during your draft so you don't have to actually no, do the not draft. Not just during your draft, just to get out of picking fourth. That's, that's just to get out of picking fourth. Trade the pick. Trade the pick. Don't trade the third you know pick. That the you could, you know what? That's a solution too. We haven't even mentioned that. If you can trade the pick, even if you trade, trade if somebody loves Kamara, is not afraid. Say, hey, look, I got the four spot. I'm a little sketch on Kamara. Do you want to move up? And don't ask for too much. Just ask for a, a swap of other picks later on, where you move That's up it. another ten spots later on in like maybe round three or round four. That isn't this year. It, it, from what I understand, at least from everything I've listened to, and which is way too much, isn't the fourth pick the worst pick to have this year? Pretty much, the, like that's established, the right? Pick. I mean, look, here's the thing: you have three guys that you feel really good about. And then everybody right. and then that, no. there's a immediately question. after. <laughs> so well, but here's the thing. I don't I don't think so because I don't have any questions about Michael. What's Thomas worse than four? What's worse than four? What's worse than for four? You. For yeah. me, six. Because if Thomas and then Derrick Henry are not on the board, then I really have a problem. Because then I really gotta have a belief system in Joe Mixon, which I do personally. What about Kamara? Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire? What's that? What about Kamara? Well, Kamara's in that conversation too, but I mean that conversation on the Saints is is very different than conversation of Kamara on another team. And unless I have clarity on okay, that, well let me rephrase the question: If if Kamara is signed hmm. tomorrow, we come back on here. Is yeah. the sixth pick a worry? No. Right. So it's four. So four is is the worst pick. No. I mean, well, I still can't sell you the worst. Six is worse because I feel good about two other guys, Lock, Stock, and Barrow, and Derrick Henry and Michael Thomas. Okay. Well, look, it's it's, it's, it's subject right to opinion. We're not tomorrow. It's listen. It's fine. Look, it's subject to your opinion. You're not in on Kamara like some others. That's fine. Okay. So here we go. Qu- question number two. We uh, we have a birthday. Happy birthday! We don't do birthdays here on the show anymore because we actually have some real content on the program. Uh, <laughs> Keanu Reeves, it's his birthday today. We who does not like Keanu Reeves? Like you really have to uh, be a, be somebody on Twitter as an egg to not like Keanu Reeves. Honestly, this guy's just a lot of fun. Made great movies. Made some movies that are good. Made some movies that are bad, like everybody else. But it is his birthday today. The Matrix, Joe, is Keanu Reeves' best film. The first Matrix. Fantasy or reality? It is a hundred percent fantasy. Oh, wow. the Matrix movies—the most overrated piece of filmmaking in creation. All glitz, all show, no go. Somebody took a philosophy one-on-one class and decided to keep asking questions over and over and never answering them, and they got more confusing over the next two films. I understand it's groundbreaking filmmaking, but please, it's not the best Keanu Reeves movie. Period. No way. In fact, I'll take any of the three John Wick films over any of the three Matrix films any day of the week. I will also take Bill and Ted. I will also take, uh, maybe I'll even take Speed. That's right. I want to see him save everybody from a bus. How about Point Break? That's right. We're all going to wear masks from presidents and go rob a bank together. That sounds like a fun movie. I want to watch that. Let me tell you something. John Wick, tremendous filmmaking. If you haven't seen any of them, the second one is fun. Third one's fun. The first one outstanding movie very simple very effective and some of the best fights you will ever ever see on camera i'm gonna say reality i think i i i thought the first matrix was great man i love that movie I, the, the next I, two are not I, great. A lot of people do i'm in the minority i'm okay with that it's cool <clears throat> yeah yeah I, I gotta say reality i i'm a big fan of the matrix i'm a big fan of some of the other movies you mentioned but 
I thought that was a transcendent type movie. As good as it was, was such a big disappointment to see the other two and, and just the confusion in those second and third movies with him in the room with the Matrix guy and just him talking to him. I didn't know what in the world he was saying. No, but they don't know. On. That's my problem. It's like you got to pay off at some point in time. That's my problem with <clears> the yeah, Matrix. No, movie. I had it's no like, all right, you yeah. want to set something up? First movie, I'm intrigued. It's a cool concept. And then it just continued to deteriorate and deteriorate. And you're right, that scene, and all they kept doing was, I'm going to ask you, are we really doing fantasy sports today? Are we? Is this even a network? Is streaming services really streaming? It was too I don't confusing. know. Exactly. Air, if, if we use Ergo a few times in this segment, then you know that, that we're on the right track. <laughs> I forgot Ergo. Ergo. <laughs> what does that even mean? Who even says Ergo in this day and age? No one. Nobody. Okay. Our third question today on fantasy reality. We're going to go back to the old Tiger King and Dancing with the Stars announced their cast today. And I guess they are doing Dancing with the Stars, I suppose. I don't know how, but they are. Carol Baskin. <laughs> if you haven't watched Tiger King, this is probably the end of the show for you. Nine minutes to go. I'm sorry. But Carol Baskin shouldn't be allowed, Joe, on Dancing with the Stars. Now, there's a compelling point to this, and that is there is that speculation that, you know, she got rid of her husband in some way. Never been proven. Never been proven. But a lot of people think that she did. But it's never been proven. Maybe she didn't. <laughs> Fantasy or reality, Joe? Carol Baskin should not be allowed to dance with the stars. <laughs> I like the I like the walking esque pause in between. She should be allowed I'm to done. dance. And 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 oh, here's the thing. The irony is I saw the list of other names and I identified hers right away. There's some other people who I went, who? Which means it, it, it's it's fantasy. She should be allowed to dance with the stars because she's a bigger star than some of the other people on this list. More people know who Carol Baskin is. And uh, I cannot wait for the first um, jungle cat themed dance outfit that she inevitably is going to wear. Um, and I can only imagine season two of Tiger King starts with the husband coming back, the dead husband coming back from Costa Rica and showing up on the doorstep. Now that's a grabber for uh, season two of Tiger King. Now, now everybody's back in, I think, if that happens. So that's what I'm rooting for. So Craig, <clears throat> Dancing with the Stars, should or shouldn't she be allowed to dance with the stars? <laughs> this is tough. Um, I'm going to say that she should because it's innocent until, until proven guilty, as we know. <laughs> and... And I, and I do think that she will be a total disaster. So I am I, I am up for a train wreck. Now, again, this is a produced show, and I always am very cognizant of that. You're not going to get to see everything that really happens. But I'm hoping that it's just a complete disaster. And I'm hoping that we get some clarity on the whole Gar uh, Carol Baskin idea. So um, I'm going to say fantasy. I'm going to say she should be allowed. They got a new host this year too. Did you see? I think it's Tyra Banks now or something. So, yeah, talk about I, I'm not big It's going to be must see. Honestly, I'm not. Big. I mean, the Masked Singer. My my family's in on that. I don't watch that either. Uh, I don't get that on. either. My parents. Oh, the Masked Singer. It's like, what? Is, who cares who's behind the Masked Singer? This. I don't care about that. You know, you know what's interesting about the Masked Singer? I, I I don't know if Nothing? were we doing the show with Joe Ranieri. Um, the Masked Singer revealed that Gronk was going to come back. How about that? That's true. Right. Yes. That was that was the one bit of news we had. <laughs> that, was, that was it. All right. We'll come back with the Sports Grid 60 and Carol Baskin. Don't go away.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy sports today coming to an end here on this Wednesday. You'll want to make sure you tune in tomorrow. If you have the third Overall pick in your fantasy draft. Tomorrow's show is for you. We're going to go through pick by pick who you should be selecting. We'll also have fantasy or reality and, of course, update everything going on in Major League Baseball as well. Let's turn it over to my co-host, Joe Pizapia. He's got the latest on what's going on in his mind in the Sports Grid 60. Joe? Well, what's going on in my mind are all the rumors. They're flying everywhere about Leonard Fournette. Ooh, the Bears are not interested, but it looks like the Bills might be. And oh, the Patriots are interested too. And apparently they've inquired. And I love this. This is fun. We've missed this as sports fans, as people who cover the game. I feel like we haven't had this in a little while, that buzz of where's this guy going to land? This could make a big impact. And I'm just enjoying the ride right now. We'll see wherever he ends up. Personally, I'm still sticking to my guns. It's either the Washington football team or New England Patriots. If it's one of those two, I'll be surprised that it's not. But I'll tell you this. I'd be shocked if Leonard Fournette week one is not on a team. And if so, it's only for a money issue, which means that week two, all the money's not guaranteed anymore. That's the only thing that could hold up a week one signing. Joe will still be starting Fournette in the CFL as a flex option uh, this coming uh, football season. All right. Uh, Let's end the show with this. There's a couple of things that I I think are really important for those of you who are out there understanding what the fantasy football season means. It means a lot of fun, uh, but I got word today for, uh, for one really interesting contest out in Las Vegas that entries are down by about 50% for people who are wagering in 2020. And you have to ask yourself, what is the reason for that? Is it extra income? Is it being nervous about the season? And I can tell you this. If you're planning on wagering or playing in fantasy sports, I think that you're going to get through the first month or second month. So what you may want to do is take a lot of your bankroll that you normally use toward fantasy and toward wagering and put it into the first two months, get the most enjoyment that you possibly can out of it, and then see what happens. Doing season-long bets not always is advised in a season where you may actually lose games due to a pandemic. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Chris, Joe, Brett Levy. I'm Craig Mish. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.